Welcome to the Cornerstone Baptist Church podcast. My name is Justin Wheeler. I am the preaching pastor for Cornerstone, and today we are going to continue our journey through the Heidelberg Catechism. We are in week two, and our focus this week will be on the second Lord's Day section that covers questions three, four, and five. Now, just as a quick reminder, we're going to be devoting this entire year of 2019 to working through this Heidelberg Catechism. And each week, my task will be to provide devotional commentary for the assigned weekly reading. This catechism is broken up into 52 readings, which is going to carry us through the entire year. And today, like I said, we're going to focus on three questions, question three, question four, and question five. So let's get on with it. Question number three, how do you come to know your misery? Now, this question takes its cue from the answer to question two. In order to know how we can live and die in the joy of the gospel's comfort, we must know a few things. And the first one is that we must know the greatness of our sin and misery. Now, I'm sure we, we've all heard a pastor or teacher say something like this. In order for us to truly understand the gospel as good news... We must first come to grips with the bad news. The bad news is that we are sinners standing in line to receive God's judgment for our sin. The good news is that Jesus came to save us from that sin and to protect us from God's judgment. But in order to see that news as good, we must first see the condition that brings it about. And ultimately, the point of this catechism is to help Christians grow in our love for God and to grow in our experience of the comfort that the gospel message brings. And you can see that in the way the Heidelberg is structured, that the authors want this document to be an instrument of comfort rather than an instrument of condemnation. If you break the whole document down, there's 52 different sections, um, and, and there are three categories that we would look at. These sections fall into one of these three categories, either the category of guilt, they're explaining guilt, or grace, they're explaining grace, or gratitude, they're helping us to see how we should be grateful. And here's what you see as you break down those sections and you put them into their categories. The category of grace covers 27 sections out of 52. Gratitude covers 21 sections out of 52. And guilt only covers three sections. Now, what that tells us is that the burden of this document is to bring the comfort of God's grace, to help us grow in our gratitude for that grace. But it also shows us that an understanding of our guilt has a significant place as well. In order for us to truly understand and appreciate the comfort that the gospel brings, we must have a considerable understanding of how much we need that gospel. In other words, if we're going to truly see the gospel as good news, then we need to see it in light of the bad news about our sin and our misery. So let's let's answer question number three. How do we come to know that sin and misery? Well, the law of God tells me about it. The law of God. When we think about the law of God, we think about the commandments of God. And these commandments of God help us to see our sin and our misery. Now, they help us to see other things as well, but they help us to see our desperate need. Now, the law itself is good. 1 Timothy 1.8 tells us that. And the law of God reflects the character of God. But it also shows us our sin. How does it do this? By serving as a constant reminder that we can't keep it. You see, the law is not the problem. We are. 
because we can't keep the law. Sure, we can keep some of the law, and we can avoid some of the sins that the law forbids, but we can't keep it fully. Also, Jesus made clear in the Sermon on the Mount that the law of God reveals that our actions are sinful, and it reveals that the intentions and thoughts of our hearts are sinful. We can break God's law without ever physically doing anything because we break the law in our hearts. Jesus says when we hate our brother in our heart, we've committed murder against him. When we lust after someone that is not our spouse, we are committing adultery in the eyes of God. The law shows us that deep down in our hearts, we are not like God. We are sinful to the core. Okay, so question number four. What does the law, this law that reveals our sin and misery, what does this law actually require of us? Well, the answer is this. Christ teaches us, in summary, Matthew 22, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. Now, perhaps you've heard people say, that all religions are basically the same. They say that all religions encourage their adherents to love others and to be faithful to their God, little g God. They say that all religions have a moral code that is roughly similar, and it can be boiled down to loving our neighbors. And here, here's the truth. I will admit that there is a very superficial way in which they are correct. But the way the Bible presents the law is not the same way as other religions present their moral code. Let me tell you a little bit of story um, to make this point. I spent five years living in the state of Alabama as an associate pastor. And during that time, there was a particular politician who made a name for himself. Actually, he was a judge, and he made a name for himself on the political field when he fought to keep a monument of the Ten Commandments on the grounds of a city courthouse. And people turned out from all over the country to support this man and his goal to keep those Ten Commandments in plain sight for all to see. But let's be clear about something here. The Ten Commandments are a great reminder of the character of God, and they put before us a set of moral principles that are admirable in every way. But one of the primary uses and purposes of God giving us His law is not so we can set it up as a monument to celebrate, but so that we can see in that law just how wicked and sinful we are. The truth is we can't keep those laws. We can't keep the Ten Commandments. When we read them, if we read them properly and in light of how Jesus explains them to us, then we come to terms with just how sinful we are, how great we are not. We cannot keep the Ten Commandments. We can't even keep the two that are listed here in Matthew 22. We do not love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And we don't even come close to loving our neighbor the way that we love ourselves. And so that's where question five comes in. Question five asks this, can you live up to all this law perfectly? And the answer is no. No, I can't live up to this law perfectly. No, I can't love God with all my heart. No, I can't love my neighbor at myself. Why? Because I have a natural tendency to hate God and my neighbor. And that's strong language. It's a very blunt answer, but it's also a very true answer. This answer, I have a natural tendency to hate God and my neighbor, is a summary of, the, of what the Bible teaches us about ourselves, about what the Bible teaches us about our sin and misery. 
And here are some scripture proofs to feed into this answer, right? So here's one, and it comes right out of the catechism itself. Romans 3.10, no one is righteous, right? Can I live up to this law perfectly? No, no one is righteous. No one can do this. Romans 3.23, all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The human heart is deceitful above all things and desperately sick, Jeremiah 17, 9. Titus 3, 3 says, By nature we pass our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. If we just put those four verses together, then it's quite clear to us that in the eyes of God and when it comes to loving God, we have all sinned, we are not righteous, And when it comes to loving our neighbor, we pass our days in malice and envy, hated by others and hating one another. Romans chapter 8, verse 7 says, The mind set on the flesh is hostile to God. It doesn't submit to God's law. Indeed, it cannot submit to God's law. Now, here's the point that the catechism is trying to help us understand. Our natural tendency is not to love God and our neighbor, but to hate God and our neighbor. Our most basic and natural inclinations are not to obey the commands of God, but to disobey the commands of God. And in this way, the law shows us something that we must come to see, that we are sinners in need of a Savior. Christianity is not a religious system that offers a moral code for its adherents to keep. Christianity is about a God who saves people because on their own they can never keep that moral code. The central message of our Christian faith is God, in His mercy and love, sent His Son to live and die for His people so that we could be saved from our sin and misery. It is His work that saves us. And in order to more fully appreciate this gospel good news, we have to understand what He has saved us from. I hope this has been helpful, and I also hope that you will join me again next week as we move on to the next section, Lord's Day 3, where I will focus on questions 6, 7, and 8. If you want to learn more about Cornerstone Baptist Church, you can find us online at cornerstonewiley.org. You can follow us on Twitter or Instagram at cbcwiley. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Cornerstone Wiley. And you can also subscribe to this podcast or even some sermon podcast that we have. You can do that on iTunes or Google Play and stay up to date on all the new content. Thanks for listening.